listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107, where we will be discussing chapter 19 of Clockwork Prince, If Treason Doth Prosper. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. All right. Um, so we are two hours into this recording session. Um <laughs> Because I'm a procrastinator and never update my computer. My computer, like, really needed an update. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. Uh, we all needed an update between each other. Yeah, so we did. It's cool. We had a, we had a nice little chat. Um, oh, yes. I have a story to share. Yes, please. Yes. This is. You know, I apologize. My white trash is showing, but <laughs> <laughs> you can take the girl out of Gresham. You can't take the Gresham out of the girl. Mm. Um, so I was driving home um, after spending some time with my grandma and I was merging on. I merged on to the freeway. I had already merged and I was in the middle lane getting ready to go across the interstate bridge. Okay. And then my car just stopped. That is so scary. It just turned off. And by the time I really, because it's stop and go traffic. So by the time I realized like that my car wasn't like the gas, my foot was on the gas and it wasn't going anywhere. (laughs) I didn't have enough juice to like pull off to the side. So I'm in the middle lane. Rush hour traffic. It's like six o'clock. 536 something like that and this is like my worst nightmare right so embarrassing yeah so I flip on my hazards and I'm just like oh my god what the fuck am I gonna do and I call my husband and I tell him what's what's happening and he's like okay I'll I'll be there but like I'm in the he's 20 minutes away (laughs) exactly um so then I I turn it off and I and I try to crank it again and it turns on and I was like oh fuck and so like oh. I get off and it, like I stop at Jansen Beach and I'm just like and I just wait there for for Jason or whatever so it turns out it needs a new battery what happened was it was a shitty old battery and he's like when was the last time you changed this battery and I'm like um seven years ago when this yeah. happened what a dumb question of course it was <laughs> Like, aren't you contractually obligated to be the car guy? So when's yes. the last time right. you changed the battery? Have yes. you changed the battery? Then it hasn't been done. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and so it was all corroded. And what happened was it lost the grounding and then the car shut off. And so it would turn back on because it was still there. It just, it wasn't really, yeah, whatever. Anyway, I need a new battery for, for Betty and she'll be fine. <laughs> Betty. And, like literally what my husband said to me when he pulled up next to me in that Burger King parking lot was I'm going to burn this car. I'm going to set it on fire because he spent the day before. Yep. Working on the, what what did you call them? Electrical gremlins. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the head. So, okay. Listen, I've had Betty for over a decade. Okay. Um, I bought her when I got promoted to my management position when I was uh, 23. I was very excited. It was my very first like adult purchase. Right. She's been That's a great awesome. car. She's a little Mazda three. She's old as fuck. She has 178,000 miles on her. But she's served me well. And yes, sometimes she has a winky eye. And yes, I drive with my high beams on because my regular (laughs) headlight, like (laughs) the regular light on my my driver's side headlight always goes out like a lot. And it has, I've probably spent more on headlights for this car than oil changes. (laughs) And no, I can't unlock my car with my key fob because if I do that, then my horn doesn't work and I can't put my car in reverse. But that's okay. That's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Character. 
She has a character. Well, then when you come home, you open the garage and it shuts off your Wi-Fi. Like, <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh, yep. my god. This is the life I live. This is the life I live. <laughs> Listen, it's just quirky. It's just a quirky car. And, I, and I'm not saying, like, if I try to use my key fob, it just blows a specific fuse. And then I have to replace that specific fuse. And that specific fuse just happens to be connected to my horn and changing my my gear shift from park into anything else. That is scary. It's fine. No, 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 no. It's fine. If I blow... If I, <laughs> if I blow that fuse, it just... Once it goes into park, it can't come back out until the, oh, fuse, okay. the fuse is, is fixed. So it's not like it's not hopping into reverse. That or something. I am very much justifying my hoopty car. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I told her after he spent so long in the garage because he was like, he's going to replace the headlight. Yeah. But he's also going to fix the electrical gremlin. He's going to find it and murder it. And then he couldn't. And he was so mad. Yeah. I was like, he sabotaged your awesome. car because that way if it <laughs> died, then maybe, maybe, maybe you'd get a new one. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, no, she's, great. she's fine. She's a fine car. And no, my passenger side window doesn't roll down with the controls on the driver's <laughs> side, but that's okay. I just reach over and roll it down if it's foggy. It's fine. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but you know what? You know what she does have a six CD changer. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing! I was so envious of you twenty years ago, oh dude. <laughs> when we bought our Jeep, it was like a '99 Jeep Grand Cherokee, mm-hmm. and the guy was showing us the disc that like whatever giant cd changer in the back uh-huh. like you just load your oh whole God, volume of cds into it ones. yes i was like dude no no thanks right but thanks <laughs> oh i remember that that's the good stuff man well i um i am a mom obviously and i have a drive a minivan but mine's a 2013 so it's re- it's it's decently new mm. but it's still pretty old and um, it has a hard time. It takes like minutes for my phone to connect to the Bluetooth and it makes me angry. Like, how spoiled am I? <laughs> do you know what I would do to be able to connect? <laughs> I just want an aux cord. Okay. I've never had an aux cord in my car ever. That's crazy. That's all I want. <laughs> you have awesome. the tape that was connected that you could connect to your CD player? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Back in the day. Yeah. I had one of those for the neon. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. great. I had one at one of my cars too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And my, my, um, my cigarette lighter, my 12 volt thing doesn't work in my car. So I can't plug in one of those aux cord things. Or a charger. Nope. Can't do a charger either. <laughs> Which really sucked when I worked in one state and lived in another <laughs> and yes. my commute was like an hour and a half each way <laughs> oh my god you're crazy oh good stuff good stuff yeah awesome so that's that's my car and you know what the best part about her is there's she has no, no car payment, payment. obviously yeah yeah <laughs> there's no car payment your insurance is probably super low. I'm pretty sure it's like $25 a year. It's a fucking Mazda 3. Oh, that's great. Okay, so what do you guys say we cut the chit-chat? Oh, before we cut the chit-chat, hey, guess what? Today's Tuesday the 15th. You guys need to go to our Instagram and type out your your questions for the wrap-up episode and or email them to us let us know what you guys want us to talk about because we are going to be recording it early because i am going to be out of town so please 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 check out our instagram shoot us an email 
um, with your questions and discussion topics, what? Look at Robin's face right now. She's like, I have to remember to post this to the ins- I know what's going on in her mind right now in this moment. She's just like a <laughs> deer in the headlights. Yep. <laughs> I mean, to be yes, honest, please. this um, I'm in my son's room because mm-hmm. it's late. And um, my butt is sinking so far into this mattress <laughs> that my lower back is feeling it's like burning. It's burning. Mm. You're like you're, you're like my core is engaged right now. Dude, for real. <laughs> well, I was in my room and I had a heating pad on my back and like four pillows and my adjustable mm. base was up and like, you know, had my See, old people set up going on. Yeah. Oh man. So what do you guys say that now that we've gotten that out of the way, go to our Instagram. Um, what do you guys say we cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Sophie gets Tessa up into her room and starts to get her settled. Tessa decides to have a Dr. Phil moment and tells Sophie that she knows her secret about Gideon. Tessa goes on to be a complete rude-ass bitch, and Sophie tries to defend her decision, but gets tired of the noise coming out of Tessa's trifle and mouth and leaves. <laughs> Tessa immediately realizes the error of her ways and gets hopeful when there's a knock on the door, but it's Jim, and he's being awkward AF. He tells Tessa his predictions about what's going to go down at the Institute if they fail to get Morty, and it ends with a marriage proposal. Spoiler alert, hashtag she said yes. Hashtag Jessa wedding. Hashtag I'm taking the car stairs. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, our senior couple have a little heart to heart when Henry finds Charlotte penning her resignation letter. Turns out the entire relationship has been a gasp, misunderstanding, <laughs> emotional damage. Oh, God. Sorry. And they're actually truly, madly, deeply in love with one another. There's some big news about to be dropped, but in walks Herondale with a new lease on life, and he's determined to not let the Institute go, so he calls a meeting to discuss what to do about Benny the Dick. Benny and the Dicks. Okay. All right, so everyone's in the drawing room when Tessa walks in, and of course, it doesn't take long for her eyes to find Will. He's doing that bad boy thing where the guy finds a way to sit in a chair that is both unconventional and uncomfortable to signify his defiance of authority or some shit. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Whatever. Tessa is devouring the optical feast of a laissez-faire will uh, when when he sees her and promptly devolves into a bumbling idiot. Uh, at this point, we know why Will's being a fucking lunatic right now, but what do you guys think everyone else is thinking about his sudden change in demeanor? Like, dude, they have to be like, so, he took something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like he's high. Yep. Lucy in the sky with that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think, yeah. They, what were you going to say, Amanda? No, I just, I was going to say, like, the last chapter, I didn't get too much of him being totally different. He was still being pretty bossy. Like, no, you're not leaving the Institute. We're going to do this. Like, that still kind of seemed more like him. This chapter, this is when it seems like he's... Yeah, you know what? <laughs> gone cray. The full green light. Do you yeah. remember <laughs> when you were probably, like, 10, 12, 13? And I know you and I physically did it together. But Amanda, and it's like you, you're you just getting into the swing of like sleepovers and you stay up to that point where you guys are both deliriously tired, but refuse to go to bed. And you're basically just giggling really loud and saying stupid shit. And then your dad has to come in and tell you to be quiet because he has to work in the morning. Uh-huh. Like, that's what I feel like Will is. He's like at the delusional, like that lucid moment between sleep and awake where everything is really funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's great. So Tessa, a total of three and a half minutes engaged, uh, gets caught in Will's gaze and, as we know, is then contractually obligated to internally monologue about him for a minimum of 500 words. (laughs) 
I feel like I said the exact same thing. Dude, me too. <laughs> in a different <laughs> way. <laughs> Everybody. So it's the usual. His eyes are like lanterns, blah, blah, blah. So gorgeous. I dream about him. He's got the face of an angel, yada, yada, yada. Boring. Whatever. No one cares. <laughs> so anyway, Tessa's fiance physically bumps into her because yes you know she stopped in the middle of the fucking like she just stopped walking she pulled a Kristen on i5 <laughs> she really just did <laughs> <laughs> you know she's just in the middle of the doorway staring at his best friend nothing wrong with that totally normal is this like love actually what the fuck it's not okay my I, husband better never stare at you guys like that, okay? <laughs> if he did, he'd be like, he's like, dude, there's something in your teeth. <laughs> or, like, you look like you have some delicious food. Yeah. <laughs> if I stare long enough, she'll give me the recipe. <laughs> he, he, he always goes, you gonna, you gonna finish that? Like, literally, it's in your hand. You're actively eating it. <laughs> he's hilarious. So the boys exchange a few uh, jabs and Will tells everyone that he needed to go for a walk to clear his head. That's why he left after immediately after having shrapnel removed from his body, Um, which I doubt anyone believes. I mean, pretty much everyone's like, yeah, no. So Tessa specifically has to find a seat in the room where Will isn't in her direct line of sight um, because there's some ridiculous pull between them. So I think this connection is trying to imply that up until this point, Will's been holding back his feelings, putting up the mask and all that, blah, 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 whatever. But now he's free from his self-induced curse and, um, He's lifted the mask and that just in and of itself, him like allowing himself to, you know, whatever it is, his mental block, right? That in and of itself um, is somehow so visceral to Tessa that it's creating this uncontrollable connection all because he like gave in. (laughs) It's weird. very, it's a tenuous thread. <laughs> okay. God. It's still weird to me that neither Jem nor Will has noticed the other one. Either uh-huh. Jem looking at Tessa this way in some other, at some other point, or right now Jem doesn't notice this with Will and, and Tessa. It's, I understand how if, you're in your own head you might not be paying attention or whatever like I could understand how like two best friends could like the same girl and not really know about it I guess in a really weird circumstance but like this is a book and Mm -hmm. while we do suspend reality like we suspend reality or whatever and and this could happen it's not gonna like it's a very rare circumstance where it lines up perfectly where you you're missing the boat. All three of them live in the same fucking house. Like it's a hundred percent. Like this is ridiculous that they don't know this uh-huh. <laughs> or they haven't had a conversation about it. Yes. Yeah. The two boys have likely been alone together and one of them would have been like, Hey, how about that Tessa? Huh? Right? You know, like at some point, it's like that yeah. song from Flight of the Concords where they're like, we're both in love with a sexy lady. And then he's like, I think her name was Barbara. Barbara. What kind of name is Barbara? Anyway, I think her name was Barbara. Oh, God. It's funny. It is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh at my jokes. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so all this thinking about Will... Tessa's like processing and she wonders what would happen if she just stood up and showed everyone her necklace like I said yes but she thinks better of it when she looks around and realizes that everyone looks haggard as fuck from the night before um and it wouldn't really make cute Instagram pictures um so she's like "Mm, scrap that maybe later (laughs) oh and also she and Jem already agreed to wait to tell everybody so there's that so like why did that even come into your like what it's like because she wanted to see will's reaction yeah all of those things yep 
You're just so, like, I wonder if this pot is hot. I'm going to touch it. <laughs> exactly. These coils are red. Does that mean it's <laughs> like dangerous? I know this is uh, glue, but I want to eat it. And I don't It know says why. non-toxic. I'm sure it's mm. fine. It just looks <laughs> delicious. I'd like to taste it. Your guys' intrusive thoughts are really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what would happen if I ran out in front of traffic right now? <clears throat> See, mine are always like, that car's going to come over and, and hit you and you're going to have a, a double rollover. Like, cause, like... Like, it's always that. It's not like, what if you did this? Like, you know how some people are like, what if I drove off that cliff right now? It's never that for me. It's always like, what if a murderer is right behind you in your seat and like is going to come up and like, oh, what? yes. Every time I've, I get in the car when it's dark, doesn't matter that I check my back seat in my trunk every time, right? Yep. Doesn't matter yep. that I do that. When I get in the car and it's dark outside, I'm like, at every like, when you go through a stretch that doesn't have lights, I'm like, there's someone behind here that has a knife and is going to slit my throat a hundred percent. Yep. I, I think every single time gone over this a thousand times, but like, I always want to leave my shower curtain closed cause it looks pretty. And I bought a pretty one and I can't cause there's going to be <laughs> someone hiding behind it to shy a surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I have to close obviously the curtains cause Someone's looking in my windows. Mm -hmm. This is why I want to live in the middle of nowhere. Well, but that's like on that movie Scream, remember? They lived in the middle of nowhere and no one could hear her scream. Yeah, that's okay. I just, I don't want, I don't know. Listen, that's why you have animals and security cameras and that's lights. That's fair. Yes, the security cameras. We have security cameras yeah. and an alarm system and all kinds of stuff. And I still get nervous. And we live in a very nice neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm just scared all the time. I just, but yeah. I've also had a stalker in the past, mm -hmm. so you know, I think that probably makes it worse for you. Yeah, emotions. Yeah, emotional anyway. damage. Yeah, emotional true. trauma. Yeah. <laughs> so I. Oh, so speaking of emotional trauma, um, <laughs> once everyone's settled, <laughs> Charlotte kicks things off by reminding them of their looming deadline, uh, non-existent leads, minimal options, and literal dead ends. Um, all pretty <laughs> cheery stuff. <laughs> of course, the mention of Nate has Tessa flashing back to the night before, and I don't care how you slice it, the girl is traumatized. Yep. <laughs> At this point, they basically continue to have the same conversation that they had before they went to meet Nate. Um, if they turn Benedict over to the clave, they risk playing into Mortmain's hands. Not ideal, but they really don't have an alternative at this point. So that is, you know, action item number one for this meeting is find an alternative. Will, with a fresh zest for life, uh, rails that they cannot, will not, let the Institute go without a fight. Charlotte brings up a keen observation. Um, they could turn Benedict and their evidence, uh, they could turn Benedict into the clave and their evidence might be enough for a trial um, by the the sword, the mortal uh -huh. sword. Uh, but Jessamine had a block in her brain and Mort means too smart to be dealing with Benedict and all of this shit to not like have a safeguard in place for that yeah. too. So mm, the 17 year old strategist of the Institute, Mr. William Herondale goes on a tirade about Mort Main's tactics up to this point. And like, he's like, Laying it all out for, you know, the adults that clearly don't know what they're talking about. They are baby adults. They're baby adults, for sure. Um, and then I'm Which reminds to... me, while you look for that, yeah, I yeah. have to make a point. So, I was listening to this chapter for this episode instead of reading it. And I listened for the first time, but I forgot how they made... Charlotte's voice sounds like she's like Mary Poppins. It like does. She just sounds so much older and it's like than she wavery. really is. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Didn't I didn't love it. I mean, it's good. I, I'm glad, like Robin pointed out last time, it really sounds like people are having conversations. It's great. It just, I don't like that. She doesn't sound young. Well, and, and Bridget's songs are the best. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. they are. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read from your book. Um, so this is Will talking. I think that if we went to the clave, we could certainly get Benedict taken out of the running for leadership of the Institute. But there is a segment of the clave that follows his lead. Some are known to us, but others are not. It is a sad fact, but we do not know whom we can trust beyond ourselves. The the Institute is secure with us, and we cannot allow it to be taken away. Where else will Tessa be safe? Yes, of course, because it has to be about Tessa and Will. Tessa blinked. Me? Will looked taken aback, as if startled by what he had just said. Well, you are an integral part of Mortmain's plan. He has always wanted you. He has always needed you. We must not let him have you. Clearly, you would be a powerful weapon in his hands. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. Super subtle, Herondale. Convincing. Fuck. Like. And how did Jem not pick that up? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. He's probably just like, yeah, good point, bro. Right? Yeah, good looking Save out. the girl. Good looking yeah. out. <clears throat> Charlotte, I beat myself up for sport, Fairchild, uh, decides to kick. I'm going to do that again. Charlotte, I beat myself up for sport Fairchild, decides to kick herself while she's down and lists off all the reasons why she thinks she's bad at her job. That's what I do. So she's like, I can't meet unrealistic expectations. I must be a failure. (laughs) I'm sorry if anyone feels personally called out by that. (laughs) I do. I also, I too cannot re- meet unrealistic expectations. Yep. <laughs> and then feel terrible Damn about it. it. <laughs> so, of course, everyone is protesting, but Sophie's voice, uh, but Sophie's voice is, but it's, <laughs> of course, everyone is protesting, but it's Sophie's voice who is not the right word there because we're referring to her that voice okay that speaks out loudest yeah in the crowd yeah yes but it's sophie's voice get where that going. speaks out loud and loudest among the crowd anyways sophie argues that jessamine was telling the truth about playing into mortmain's hands um but she doesn't want to explain how she knows she's kind of like mm, i just know and everyone's like mm, bullshit you're bad at this you're bad I'm at lying yes I am actually a fortune teller and a prophet. And um, my crystals told me that you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And what I think is an, like an act of like extending the olive branch, Tessa jumps in uh, to back up Sophie saying that they overheard Gideon and Gabriel talking about like their evil plans. That's nice of her. This is how she apologizes. Yeah. yeah. Is, yeah, she's like, I'll cover for you. Yeah. And of course, Will and Tessa immediately begin to big bicker um, in a seemingly impulsive cry for attention, you know, because no one's looking at them. Right. But, right. So, but Sophie reels it in. All right. So this is this is Sophie. Um, I've been stepping out with him. Sophie interrupted loudly with Gideon Lightwood, seeing him on my days off. She was a, as pale as a ghost. He told me. He heard his father laughing about it. They knew Jessamine was found out. They were hoping you'd br- you'd go to the clave. I should have said something, but it seemed like you didn't want to go to them anyways, so I... Stepping out, said Henry, incredulous, with Gideon Lightwood? Sophie kept her attention on Charlotte, who was gazing at her round-eyed. I knew... I... I know what Mortmain is holding over Mr. Lightwood, too, she said. Gideon only just found out. His father doesn't know he knows. Well, dear God, girl, don't just stand there, said Henry, who looked as <laughs> <laughs> who looked as polexed as his wife. Tell us, demon pox. <laughs> Very dramatic. I had to read it. I'm sorry. Dude, I don't care. My favorite part of that chapter is Henry saying just that. That's my favorite thing that happens. Yep. Yep. 
So Sophie goes on to explain that Benedict um, has had it for years, but he's getting close to the end, and Mortmain says he has a cure. So they're down to the wire. And as if on cue, the entire room loses their ever-loving shit. How did I know you were going to open with this? (laughs) Yes. Is there another way to open this? To bring everyone back to reality, (laughs) Will's just like, let me sing you a song. Of my people. I'm not going to sing it because I'm not Robin. But it goes like this. Demon pox, oh demon pox. How is it acquired? One must go down to the bad part of town until one is very tired. (laughs) Demon pox, demon pox. I had it all along. No, not the pox, you foolish blocks. I mean this very song. For I was right and you were wrong. (laughs) Yep. How to win friends and influence people. Right there (laughs) from the master. (laughs) And uh, mom. uh, Sorry. Sorry. I mean, Charlotte. (laughs) She's over this shit. You know, Mm -hmm. she's just like. Jem, make it stop. Like, come on. She literally almost is like a sister. She's like, please stop, Jem. The cane. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> so Jem literally, he covers Will's mouth, making him promise to be quiet. And Will's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, I'll be quiet. <laughs> just like, get your stinky hands off me. Because who knows when the last time you had a chance to wash your hands was. Yep. <laughs> Other people's hands on my mouth is gross. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, I would not I would not think that Amanda would think that nothing about her personality would indicate that that would be a problem for her. Thank you. Yeah, my kid does this thing where he wants to show me something like this video he's watching and he literally grabs onto the back of my neck or holds my face to watch it. And every time I'm like, you do not have to physically move my neck. I will watch it. You can let go. Make sure you stay on task. Let go. Great. Yep. You can let go. No distractions. Oh, Oh, that's great. (laughs) All right. So, um, once again, Tessa is focusing on Will, and she notices how giddy he seems, and he's like, he's never acted this way before. So this is yes, I agree. This part is when he's starting to get like really. Out of character. So Jem points out that there's a chance that Gideon is lying to Sophie. And Will backs Sophie up by saying that after Tessa had mentioned it to him, um, that she thought that Gideon was like sweet on Sophie. He started noticing it too. And um, he's like, basically, when a dude is in love, he will tell anything. And the whole time he is looking at Tessa. And of course, she's looking at him back because she just can't not. Uh how how exactly jeb's blind that's what's happening. yes yep he's just so focused on doing the right thing and trying to find mortmain and stuff i guess i don't know (laughs) so tessa is like trying to figure out why will is looking at her like this like maybe he's expecting me like i haven't thanked him yet for saving my life like maybe he (laughs) is expecting a thank you i i don't know because she is just as dumb. He's looking uh-huh. at you like you're a prime rib, but you're like, maybe I owe him money. <laughs> you owe me an apology, girl. <laughs> Will just goes on explaining that he also saw Benny with a demon woman on his lap at the party that they had sneaked into. Um, and so, you know, obviously there's more proof that he's into demons and um, you can only get the pox by improper relations. So like we know what he's doing. Uh-huh. And yeah. apparently I Tessa doesn't know what that is according to the last chapter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We forgot to talk about that last chapter. I was shower thinking that and I'm just yeah, like, cause remind me. So she, so just she doesn't that, know like, what makes like what will make you pregnant. She doesn't mm-hmm. know. Oh, because she said something about obviously Aunt Harriet like had her like she was like she did whatever she did to make you a child. Not mm-hmm. that she That's knew what right. that was. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I feel like this could be a very Victorian thing, though. It's like it is. Yeah. The night before sure. you get married. Here you go. Whoop de do. Like me... your parent. Yeah. Your mom or whatever. Blast yeah. you with some information. 
well crazy before like earlier like say like you know regency period and stuff some people didn't even do that like sometimes even the conversation was super vague like day of the wedding was super vague but how do you know what like just instinct or the dudes got the talk but the girls yep didn't that your husband is just okay. supposed to be able to know what to do. And yeah. That's awkward. It is. I mean, I'm well, sure there's like, plenty of people who did like explain, but you know, and, and I think it's different for like, it would probably be different for rural people because they grew up on farms yeah. and things like that. So like they understand, but like a city girl who's never had experience, like never gone to school, had a governess, uh-huh. Lived at home, like, maybe not. Uh-huh. Well, and, like, so you think Charlotte's going to do that for her? <laughs> I No, I doubt it. I very much doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it, too. Who's going to do it? Now, Who's going to have that talk with her? I'm sure if Will. Tessa asked, Charlotte <laughs> would probably. Uh-huh. But I don't think that she would offer that information, no. Or... I would think to me, I wouldn't want to assume she doesn't know. Yeah. Well, and I think in the Victorian era, it wouldn't be like, I I don't know. I I feel like it would be more unusual for someone to know nothing. Okay. But depending on how high in society you are, like, I feel like that would play a part in that. Uh Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, depending on how protected you were and how sheltered and... Well, obviously she was because yeah. Aunt Harriet didn't let her do anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, because Aunt, she was Aunt Harriet, you know. Yep. She did it all. She did the so nasty. You can't do it so all. She she went the opposite way and was like, "Don't yeah. be like me." Mm-hmm. That's how I teach my kids. <laughs> Not like that, but with experiences. Okay, so Tessa also points out that Nate had told her about Benny liking demons too, which. Is just obviously more evidence, but it's weird to me that Nate would have told her anything true at all about anything, Uh but okay. Like, that seems like a weird knowledge bomb, but whatever. So Tessa wonders out loud what Benny's wife, um, like what she would have thought about this hobby of his. (laughs) And this (laughs) makes Jem go, aha! (laughs) Hey, bro, Will. My knowledgeable (laughs) friend that knows about demon pox. What are the symptoms? And so apparently it starts with a rash and then it turns into fissures in the skin. And Jem is like, oh, shit. BRB. And Henry's like, oh, damn. He's got to go check on a rash. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because because Jem... Is the one out yeah. fucking demons. I mean, it is perfect timing. It's a good joke. Good. Right. This is why Henry's my favorite. Yeah. It was, he's, he's on his A game this time. He's, yeah, he's he riding is. the high from Charlotte in his conversation. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so Jem comes back with a paper in hand explaining that he had gotten it from the Silent Brothers when he and Tessa went to visit Jessamine. And it's basically like an autopsy or like a death report or something, I guess, on um, Barbara Lightwood. Ba- Barbara? How do you say I that think again? Her name was Brabra. Bar- Bra- what? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of name is Brabra? Oh my god, they are so funny. Oh my gosh! Dude, All right, real. so <laughs> Jem was being a nosy Nelly, and um, he thought. This is kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, plot. But basically, like, he knew Charlotte had told them what a liar Benedict is. So then he just assumed that Benedict was lying about the, how his wife died. I'm like, that's really convenient. That's very specific to think mm-hmm. that he was lying about that. But okay. Well, it wasn't it because, like, supposedly she died from grief, right? Yeah. Because her brother died. So that just seems fishy. Yeah. That that's smells fair. fishy. Okay. That's fair. Still, plot. It she is. Didn't it die is from plot. Grief. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
this poor woman slit her own wrists um, because, she, well, they assume because, but she also had demon pox on her shoulder. And so Charlotte explains that the Silent Brothers probably told Benedict about the demon pox because, like, they have to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they would report it to her husband. And so it's obvious he must have covered it up. Um, I think it's kind of a bummer that he covered it up. And the Silent Brothers aren't showing up to parties, just being she's Mosa's mm-hmm. going like, so, hey, did you hear about Barbara? Yeah. It's pretty crazy, <laughs> huh? And, and so. <laughs> demon pox. And they did specifically say that they burned her body. Uh huh. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. So, I'd like to bring up Celeste, who also killed herself, was buried at a crossroads without an honorable shadow hunter death and or like uh-huh. funeral pyre bar- and the whole the thing. Rights. Yeah, yeah. But interesting. Barbara was, and this was older before. Yeah. So you would think that they would be more strict about that than they would be. Well, the only people that know that it was that are the Silent Brothers. Well, and well, I'm assuming I think they're the Silent ones Brothers. The it could be the same Silent Brothers that burned Barbara, buried Celeste. Yeah, that's they are, true. Like old as fuck. Yeah. Rose Dusty. Ugh. So, like, I mean, it's probably because she was in league with valentine or whatever but still are she they, okay they use that as an excuse well do you think it's like a like since it's victorian it's a little bit societal at that point like since she's like an elite land yeah, oh yeah because he's of. like rich yeah for sure uh-huh. yeah hmm. probably influence will get you know get you anything mm-hmm. if you have enough okay. money and i'm power. gonna be an influencer now yep okay <laughs> so Tessa asks a good question about how Benedict is still alive because he obviously he's had it for so long he had given it to his wife. Right. And Sophie adds that Mortmain has been giving him drugs to slow the process down, but he's starting to die faster. And so he really needs Mortmain more than ever. And um, so Will thinks that Charlotte should reach out to um, Benedict and play into his like his thinking that he's going to be able to get to the Institute. She's just going to tell him like, I know I'm going to lose. I just want to make peace with you before you take over. And then bam, blackmail right in the kisser. Yeah. (laughs) So this part, I had a hard time distinguishing who was talking because this part I read instead of listened to. Uh I'm sorry if I get who says what wrong, but this is the general conversation. So Jem disagrees and he he thinks that Benedict won't just walk away from taking over the Institute and even with blackmail. Uh-huh. So he points out that they don't want him gone. They just want him to support Charlotte in keeping her position. And they also want to force him to tell them about Mortmain. Like, where is he? Tell us his deepest, darkest secrets. Did he fart on circle time in second grade? <laughs> like, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> And Tessa's like, but he's way more scared of Morty and dying than he is of us. So, like, uh-huh. how will that work? Jem points out that um, Benedict is worse. He's like, what he did is worse than murder. So the punishment would be worse than death. And Tessa's like, tell me more. What is worse than death? Uh-huh. And I also wanted to know. So get this. They would remove what makes him Nephilim which turns him into Forsaken, and his sons would become Mundies. But, like, why don't they talk about... I cannot ever remember her name. Tatiana. the T? Tatiana, mm-hmm. thank you. The sister. Is it because... She, is she married? She is married, yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that maybe why she wouldn't be turned into a Mundy? Because she's... Well, but also, like, that doesn't make any sense. That... T- mm-hmm. They would remove what that which makes him Nephilim to turn him into a Forsaken and then his sons would become Mundies. That doesn't make any sense. His sons right. would, would get the their marks stripped. Like, right. Okay. But like it wouldn't be some magic like vampire sire bullshit where like they did something to him and then it would affect his sons. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Everyone's following me, right? Yeah. Like that. Wasn't yeah. too far of a leap. No. <laughs> like, okay. No, I don't think so. No. 
I agree. I thought it was also very weird. Like this whole little thing is basically they just want something to sound really bad. Yeah. So it would make. So basically like it would turn his name bad. Obviously no one would want Lightwoods anymore. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And that's what not what he wants, which maybe it's because I don't pass my name down or I chose not to pass my name down to my children. Uh-huh. I don't give a shit about my surname. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Maybe my brother does, but Dude, I don't. I was so I don't know why people care. Get a different last name. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so much so Daisies. that I that I kept my my name from my first marriage for a long long for until I got married the second time. Mine's yeah. not due to family trauma. It's due to mispronunciation and it just being an awkward mm. maiden name. That's true. You have a terrible maiden name. You do. Yeah. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm over that. I'm ready for yeah. that to be that part of my life to be over. You cannot <laughs> yeah. mispronounce my last name. <laughs> you can assume that it's a first name and get in an argument with somebody trying to schedule a doctor's appointment for your husband when they're asking for his first name or his last name. And you keep saying his last name. They're like, I need his last name, not his first name. I'm like, that is his last name. No, but I need your last name. I'm like, who's on first, bitch? Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yep. Or I got in a fight with somebody that was telling me that's not his name. That's weird. It was. Like, they're very adamant. That is not his last name. I'm like, you know what it is? Because it's mine, too. Guess what? (laughs) Surprise, motherfucker. I know more about my husband than you do. (sighs) That's actually happened to Robin more than once, where people thought they knew more about her husband than she did. I'm Great. such a Sorry. pushover. And now here I go tell your stories. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just such a pushover. <laughs> this is just like the icing on the cake. Oh, my God. My favorite is when people ask me how to spell night. I'm like, motherfucker, M. Night Shyamalan is the only one whose last name is Night N-I-G-H-T. Okay? Like, no one else's <laughs> name. It's K-N-I-G-H-T. <laughs> yep. Like, yep. never, never has anyone come up here and said their last name was Knight and it was that. So why are you asking? <laughs> well, my maiden name was Stables. So I always told people Stables like the horse barn uh-huh. because it was just the easiest. Yeah. I still got Staples with a P, like a stapler. Yeah. Because people are just, they don't care. Yep. They don't care. Nope. I, um, mine was, I said it and then I spelt it immediately afterwards. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Immediately afterwards because I knew it was going to be a thing. Yep. Yep. It's fine. Oh, man. Names are weird, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, this punishment is something that apparently Benedict wouldn't want. He, his name is very important to him, yeah. unlike us. So Charlotte decides that they're going to go confront Benny, the dick. And um, she asks, I think she asks Will, where are the calling cards? And I'm like, what the fuck are calling cards? I, that and it was that was it it was just and then he was like oh you're going with my idea hooray and she was like no bitch it's my idea now do you want to know what a so, calling card is absolutely yeah. so it's it's basically a card that you send ahead to someone's house to let them know you're coming to call on them that's kind of what it sounded okay yeah. that makes sense she because but she said she had made a point like we're not going to have much time to let him know we're coming, where are the calling cards? So I guess, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I just assumed that she wasn't going to send anything because she just said, we don't have much time. It'll have to be a surprise. Yeah. What a it's waste just going to be Cyril, like, like running ahead. <laughs> Who takes this? A bird? Is it a dove? It's a raven. A pigeon? It's a raven. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's great. Yeah, so. It's Bran Will- Stark. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I'm sorry. I'll In stop. Tree now. farm. I'm so form. <laughs> tree farm. Jeez Louise. Remember how we talked about delirium? Yeah. <laughs> and laughing. This is it. <laughs> okay. Listen, I have one sentence left, and it is that Charlotte tells Will he can come with her. Okay. <laughs> She's like, look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes. Yep. You have to listen to everything that I say, but you can come with me. Yep. <laughs> and Will's like, okay, okay, cool. Are all the Autobots going to be rolling out? <laughs> Charlotte's like, no. 
you and Tessa can come because you were like witnesses. Otherwise, Henry and Jim can remain at the Institute. That way, Benny won't have any ammunition left to fight them with on like why they didn't leave the Institute unguarded again or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, after having their heart to heart, Henry asked Charlotte if she's sure that she wants him to remain back at the Institute. And she's like, yeah, Jim's not of age yet. You got to stay. But I actually mean it this time. Clear communication mm-hmm. here. Amazing. I thought. <laughs> yep. So Jim gets a sort of like mm, little like regretful look that I've been doing an Alexis Rose face and I don't know why, but I feel like that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then like Tessa and their hands kind of like just like they, they meet like ships in the night, like just a kiss Aww. of the fingers. And Tessa says that she feels this sense of reassurance she gets up and she's like all right let's do this shit and then she whispers to jim that well better go get my hat and my gloves and yeah because now i get to go be around will yep okay so can i just i just find it very interesting as an adult looking at this and dissecting it and kind of like whatever so what it seems like to me is that tessa has what's called a secure attachment to jim right the kind of relationship you want with your partner, right? Someone that makes you feel secure and comfortable and you know that no matter what, like everything's going to be okay. Like that kind of attachment and it's not codependency. It's just like, I feel like we're, we're together on this. Like I I feel comfortable. You're home. Huh? A TM. What did you call that? A TM, a team. A t- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quoted the Spongebob movie. Move on. Sorry. I have never. Nope. Not my thing. Okay. <laughs> Plankton's trying to team up with Spongebob, but like he's so evil he can't even say the word team. Like he's never heard it before. <laughs> he's like, what are you saying? A TM? <laughs> so- this is the second time she's quoted that this week. <laughs> On a, the podcast or to you? Because I say it in my to head me. all the fucking time. It's it's on a loop. It's like it's like this <laughs> the the gum song on Inside Out that pops up. <laughs> Double no. mint gum. No, that's great. No. Anyway, I agree. Um, Secure attachment. Sorry. Yeah. So so her relationship with with Jem feels like secure attachment whereas her relationship with will very much feels like this toxic like perpetuating perpetuating like codependency like young relationship and her relationship with jem feels like an older relationship Uh uh-huh right i don't know and like Uh obviously will is now a new person he's complete his personality has completely changed so we don't know what their relationship's going to look like now, but right. Yeah. At this point, I don't know. The, the older I will. get reading this, the more and more I'm like, Jem is stability. He's love. He's all of the things that you want. He's uh-huh. everything yeah. you want. But at 17, that's not your priority. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Faux shizzle. Yeah. Agreed. I like the way you put that. I like the way you work it. Right. No diggity. Yeah. Okay. No diggity. Are you going to back it up? Yep. You're going to bag it up. Oh, bag that's right. I'm about to bag it up. That's right. I always fucking sing that wrong. Always. Since I was a little kid. That was kid. juvenile. Yep. Is backing it up. Yep. yep. Girl, you look good. <laughs> Welcome to the 90s. It's, dude, this oh. is going to get worse. Okay. I know. Okay. So I think about crisscross way more than I feel like is <laughs> appropriate. Crisscross will make you jump, 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 yep. jump. Yep. <laughs> Weekly. Weekly, I think about putting on. <laughs> Weekly, I think about putting on overalls backwards, like it's inside like, out or backwards Mac. or, yep gonna make me jump you know what's funny is I, I don't even really know that song that well firsthand i know it from um a movie that justin timberlake was in okay and he sings it i love it 
It's weird. I know. What movie is that? Just Friends. Oh, the one with Mila Something Kunis? Like okay. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I was really I into Crisscross when I was a kid. <laughs> that's great. Very weird. <laughs> you also were a handsome girl, too. I remember that. I was not. Ugh. Oh, my God. I had I had no, Hanson books. I had the tapes because we didn't have CDs yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was an NSYNC girl. 100% over Backstreet Boys. And one of the members of NSYNC is on the new Celebrity Big Brother. So I'm having a really great time watching it. I love it's it. It's a lot of fun seeing him as an adult. That's like he's a little bit, you know, he's not all. I don't which one does not want to be mean? It's Chris Kirkpatrick. Oh, okay. okay. Exactly. Yes, thank you. Good good way to put it. Dad, Dad Bob. Bob, yeah. And I'm into it. Uh-huh, of course. Anyway. That's okay. Okay, guys. Sidebar. Tessa Sorry. made her way out to the hall. And Will's right behind her calling after her. And so, like, she... The scene played weird the way it was written. What I'm assuming is happening is she's walking to her bedroom he comes out into the hall and he shuts the door behind them. And it's just the two of them in the hall right now. And they must be walking down the corridor, like not having this conversation at the door. This is what mm-hmm. I've decided. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And Tessa's just like me. Um, okay, sorry, sorry. He shuts the door and he's like, tea money, we need to talk. Okay. <laughs> and Tessa's like me when I'm on a work call and my kid comes up asking for snacks. And I'm like, really? Now? You want to talk now? We're doing yep. this right now. <laughs> yep. You have to see this. And Will's like, heck, yes, I want to talk now. F everyone and everything else. And Tessa's like, listen, Linda, you're crazy. You're like crazy. You've got this wild grin on your face. Like you're way too happy about this whole demon pox thing. And Will <laughs> says that he's feeling vindicated. The dashboard confessional song. No. No, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know them. Anyway, we were going in with the emo vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, basically, he's like, he's just not happy that Benedict Lightwood has Stephen Pox. He doesn't give a shit. He just feels good that he was fucking right and everybody else was wrong. Mm-hmm. And he knew they were I feel real. That in my soul. And he knew Benny was the biggest dick of them all. But that's neither here nor there. This is about you and me. And just then the door opened and quote, Henry emerged, Charlotte just behind him. Knowing Jim would be next, Tessa skipped, oh, sorry, stepped away from Will hastily, Mm -hmm. though nothing improper had transpired between them at all. Except in your thoughts, said a little voice in the back of her mind, which she ignored. Damn, girl, you need to reevaluate your life choices. Yep. Yes, you do. Yeah. And then you guys were having a flare up <laughs> of our favorite plot device. Ooh. Miscommunication. Love okay. it. It's delicious. It's, my favorite. it's like a three course meal. Yep. It's a disease that's flaring. Okay. Except it's a Swanson <laughs> dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so. Tessa basically whispers to Will that she isn't going to talk to him now, but she's pretty sure that she knows what he wants to say. And she's been wanting to have the same conversation also. So like they can talk in the drawing room when they come back from the Lightwoods. And like after they're kind of having this conversation, Jim arrives and he hears the end of it, which is Tessa saying like, Will, are you just going to keep repeating everything I'm saying back to you? And Jim like interrupts her and she's like, Will needs to gather his wits because he's been out all night and he can probably barely even remember his name. So, like, I'm going to go give him some energy runes and, like, do some parabrotai shit. Okay? Mm. Which does seem weird out of character for Will, for Jem. So maybe uh-huh. he uh-huh. is catching on. Right. Yeah. He's, like, he's got to separate the two. Yeah. 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 I... <laughs> Never mind. But also he might just be trying to be peacemaker. Yeah, arguing. maybe he thinks they're going to argue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's probably and more He's logical. like, no, this is my parabrotai and the love of my life. Like, you have to get along. She yeah. cannot be the Yoko Ono. You have to ono. love each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's probably more logical. Anyway, Tessa comes into her room and she gets a few steps in and she notices this beautiful dress is laid out on the bed for her with like new gloves, new boots, new stockings. And what? Nothing. New, 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 new. Oh, yeah. I thought I thought I was saying something wrong. I was like, what? I feel like that was no. everything. Anyway, it's like this gray. It's beautiful. The way it's described is beautiful. And Sophie comes in holding the matching hat to the out to the ensemble. And obviously, like, her eyes are red. She, you can tell that she's been crying. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, kind of head down, keeps herself from making eye contact with Tessa and explains that Charlotte had sent away to have some of her old clothes remade into dresses for Tessa. Because that way, like, maybe she'd feel more comfortable than wearing the dresses that Jessamine had bought for her. And the outfits were delivered that morning, so Sophie asked Bridget to lay them out for Tessa for when she came into her room. And mm. Tessa, of course, starts to have the sting of tears well behind her eyes. Because it's super sweet and thoughtful of Charlotte to think about her, especially, like, during this entire shit show that has been the Institute in the last few weeks. She still, like, mm. took time out of her day. To, like, Mm -hmm. number one, repurpose this, like, beautiful clothes. And then, like, it was, like, Indian silk and stuff. Like, nice clothes. And then to think of Tessa. And so then she tells Sophie that she wants to apologize for being a giant asshat earlier. And she basically says sorry for all the things that, like, Kristen brought up the last episode. Right? Like, she's she she read your list and she was like, yeah, this bitch is right. (laughs) And you take advice. We got, we, we, we settled that cage fight. Yep. (laughs) And so Tessa's like, look, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with dudes either. And like, I shouldn't have judged you. And like, to be fair, Gideon wasn't like partaking in any of the botchery at his dad's party. And it's not like I'm a mind reader. So like, I can't say for sure what he's really thinking. And Sophie is, I feel like she's, she doesn't want to have this conversation, but like, I'm glad mm-hmm. it's happening, but I can, I think it's awkward for her. So she goes and opens the wardrobe to reveal another dress. And she's like, oh, this is so beautiful. Um, like your dress is so beautiful. And then she tells Tessa that um, she gave her really a very pretty apology is how she puts it. <laughs> and um, it's cool because she forgave her in the drawing room when she lied for her. And she's also quick to add that she doesn't condone lying, but Hmm. she knew that Tessa was doing it out of kindness. And Tessa's like, yeah, Sophie, you're really brave. Like, it was very brave of you to tell the truth in front of everyone, like all those people. And like, Tessa says that she knows that Sophie was afraid Charlotte would be angry at her. Um, But Sophie says it's not that it's the dreaded parental line that like, she doesn't think she's angry. She's just disappointed. Uh, mm-hmm. Ugh. That's the worst. And Tessa is like, Psh. Charlotte is disappointed in Will literally all the time. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. Girl, you're good. You're good. <laughs> and Sophie's like, yeah, her and the rest of England. But <laughs> Tessa tells her that's not what she's trying to say. What she means is that Charlotte loves Sophie in the same way that she thinks of everyone else like as her kids and even if she's disappointed she isn't going to fire her she thinks that she's wonderful and so does Tessa and Sophie's eyes get all wide and Tessa goes on to say that it's the truth and she's brave and selfless and lovely just like Charlotte and Sophie like wipes tears from her eyes and like me too girl before Mm -hmm. um, she tells Tessa that the gushing is over and they need to get dressed because they're in a hurry (gasps) so as they're getting together, Sophie tells her they're talking about, like, be careful while you're gone. Um, and she says, quote, the old man is a very, sorry, the old man is a nasty piece of work. And don't forget it. Very harsh he is on those boys. Mm. And Tessa's like, ooh, I feel like Sophie is, like, kind of fond of fucking Gabriel as well as she is Gideon. Mm-hmm. Like, samesies okay yeah like the way that she said it she's like okay those boys like she's like roping them mm-hmm. in together like there's must be some more backstory to gabriel that we don't have yeah yeah and as she's finished dressing her sophie looks at tessa and she's like damn girl you look fly <laughs> and then she notices the pendant on her neck mm. the jade pendant and she tells her she's like listen on the real real about jim 
Don't go breaking his heart. Yep. <laughs> you're not. It's true. Backing because you're up. going to be my backup singer. Go, go, I couldn't go. if I tried. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know that whole song. Yep, that was it. Just that part. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. But she could. She and yeah. she is trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Boo this woman. Yep. <laughs> okay. So make sure that you read chapter 20, The Bitter Root, for next week's episode. Ooh. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.